Hello team and welcome to episode 419 of the Simply Fit podcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jordan O'Hara. Jordan is a wellness enthusiast, entrepreneur, and founder of Wind and Sea Coffee. Many of us have heard of CBD and medicinal mushrooms, but many of us don't know what they really are and how they really work. Coffee, on the other hand, is something that a lot of us know about but probably didn't imagine combining the two. And in today's episode, Jordan and I dive into this world and I guarantee you'll come out on the other side of this conversation fascinated and well-informed. In this episode, you can expect to learn what's actually so great about CBD and medicinal mushrooms. With 1 billion coffee drinkers, worldwide, does Jordan realistically see CBD-infused coffee becoming the new normal, along with why this form of coffee could be a better alternative to the traditional coffee that we are used to? So without further ado, Jordan O'Hara. Jordan O'Hara, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Elliot. Thanks for having me on here today. Pleasure is truly mine, and I'm excited to dive deep into your story. And before we do, can you give the listeners a bit of context about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, so my name is Jordan O'Hara. I live in San Diego, California. I am a Navy Marine Corps vet. I was a Navy corpsman with reconnaissance Marines, so recon corpsman. It's like a Marine Special Forces medic. I did that in the military and got injured just in training, but it kind of sidelined my career and started me off on a, a new trajectory towards wellness, you know, to heal myself, but also recognizing that there's a big need in the military and veteran community, but really just in the world writ large for holistic wellness options mm-hmm. outside of pharmaceuticals and just the normal coping mechanisms. There's actually natural things that humans have been using for thousands of years that have really helped in my recovery. And that's kind of what I'm trying to spread. Got you. Did you ever think about what your life would look like if you stayed in the military? At what point did you have to leave for medical purposes? Yeah. So I always knew I probably wasn't a career military guy. I just, I pretty bad ADD and I'm just trying to experience like as many different things in life. So going to 20 years, 20 plus in in a very specific thing kind of never seemed like it was going to be my track, but I left prematurely for what I thought I was going to be doing, the path that I was taking. I probably wanted to deploy one or two more times, go to a few more schools, and really sort of come into the job. There's so much training involved in that job that by the time you know you're a few years into it, you're like just getting started. So had I remained in the service, I probably would just be a little bit deeper in my role, have a little more experience, a little more just like identity with the job because you're doing it for longer. But I think it really, the way things turned out, like for every door that closes, you know, another one opens and I can't honestly, it was such a blessing to discover what I learned, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. And it's funny that you are now the third person I've spoken to who had the exact same situation of kind of having this idea that they were going to spend 
20 years or so in the military, wasn't super sure, but initially traveled down that path, had to leave for medical reasons, and then ended up kind of turning their life around and going in a completely different path. And you mentioned one of your discoveries whilst you are in the military, you said there was a great need for veterans in the world. What was that need and how have you gone about trying to fill that? Sure. So one thing that I noticed, and actually, so the, the name of my business is called Wind and Sea Coffee. Here in San Diego, there's a beach called Wind and Sea Beach. It's like a super iconic surf beach. It's just you know, if you're anywhere on the planet and you kind of picture what like Southern California surf beach culture, you know, if you go to Wind and Sea, like that is exactly it's that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Mecca. So you know, to answer your question, I was fortunate to be stationed here in San Diego and really just sort of immersed in a culture that is open to things like yoga and sound baths, all sorts of natural wellness, plant medicine, cannabis is legal here. It's been, you know, it's just a very like forward thinking place. You know, I went to on my undergraduate degree up in Oregon, which is also very, you know, kind of hippy dippy, that sort of. So I was steeped in this for many years of my life. But a lot of people in the military don't necessarily come from those areas. Myself was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's kind of southwest, middle of the country. A lot of people from just small states that sure. some of this like, oh, yoga and you know, uh, plant medicine and stuff. Not it's well just accepted. very foreign. Yeah. It's not super well accepted. And so you know, I was fortunate enough that I have all my hands, all my arms, all my legs. I didn't step on an IED and have a major amputation. But when I was being processed out on my medical board, you're meeting a lot of these people that have traumatic brain injuries, really bad PTSD, mm -hmm. amputations, and in many ways worse shape than I was at that time. And it occurred to me that like some dude who joined when he was 18 and went to war, came back pretty messed up and is being processed out. He's probably a little upset. He's kind of burnt out by this. Uh -huh. He's And you're going to go put him back in an environment that isn't very like forward looking from a holistic health standpoint. Sure. You know, it's pharmaceutical medications, pills, surgeries, and unfortunately, alcohol and other coping mechanisms that are not super constructive. The veterans have a higher suicide rate than the general population. Wow. Every 22 seconds, a veteran commits suicide. Damn. So it was very apparent that this was a community that I could identify with and I could see how much suffering was happening and what a lack of... Not necessarily a lack of treatment, but a, a lack of options in the type of treatment that you could receive. And so all that being said, I was like, this makes sense to me. And if I can help bridge that divide and make it seem not so foreign, because I can speak your language. I know, like I identify with you, yeah. but I also identify very much with this, with surf therapy and getting out in the nature and doing this stuff. So just trying to normalize that and make it not seem so foreign or just like, I don't know what that's for people of a certain political ideation or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you're kind of the intersection between those veterans and this world of 
like you said, kind of a bit hippy dippy and a little bit more esoteric and kind of something that you are either welcomed into and you completely are all for, or you're kind of on the other side of it. There's a few people who are open-minded and kind of dip and go back and forth between the two, but you kind of either identify with it or you don't. So you were able to provide that intersection for probably a population that's pretty, I wouldn't say that necessarily the opposite, but generally speaking, they probably don't travel down that route. I spoke to, again, another veteran who mentioned that, you know, speaking about mental health or any signs of vulnerability and stuff like that in the military was just not something that was done. And that is massively mm. accepted and done in the world of yoga, retreat, cannabis, and all this mm. other type of stuff, right? So talk to me about surf therapy. It's the first time I've ever had that concept. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like maybe on some level, I need to give more credit to the military and some of these programs that exist. Because for example, there are organizations like One More Wave, Warrior Surf, a lot of these other organizations <laughs> that have determined, they call it rehab through recreation, that one of the best ways of dealing with mobility issues, physical health, and obviously mental health is to get you moving, get you interacting with something natural, having fun, and just engaging with community and nature and physical activity. I was fortunate enough to access, uh, again, being here in Southern California, in San Diego, a surf therapy organization. And basically what it did was, you know, took you out every week. You'd go with a group of people ranging from paraplegics, quadriplegics, traumatic brain injuries, all sorts of different conditions and giving them custom equipment, mm -hmm. custom like surfing gear, wetsuits, instruction, community. And it was really empowering for myself who was going through a bit of an identity crisis. You know, you put so much of who you are into your job and, yeah. you know, special this and I'm so cool that and my rank and whatever. And then it gets kind of taken away and you're like, well, who am I and mm -hmm. how do I identify? And so it was, you know, I'm worried, am I ever going to be able to do any of the things that I used to be able to do? Am I going to be this weak, frail, disabled person now for history? And getting involved in this surf therapy, it got me back in the ocean, which was just like, therapeutic in its own right yep. but it was challenging it was fun and it really plugged me into a community of you know a lingo a whole like lifestyle and it just helped and i was like this is hugely impactful and it's so on brand with what i'm trying to spread so we partner with a surf therapy organization and we donate a percentage of our revenue and just try using the business as an engine for creating change in the world yeah, that's awesome. It has all the components that you would think would be super valuable to helping someone heal and recover, right? You've got the outdoor component of nature. Like you said, the sea is therapeutic in itself. You've got the community. You've got that level of challenge, but enjoyment. And yeah, it sounds like a really, really perfect combination. So surf therapy was a large part. And mm -hmm. another part that you've now really dived deep into is the world of adaptogens, CBD, and mushrooms as well. Can you tell us a little bit more how you got into that world? and how that's become your pretty much, you know, daily bread. Definitely. You get it, man. You just get it. I really <laughs> like the way you've kind of framed everything up is exactly the message that I'm trying to convey. 
So I got into it because, you know, during this time while I was recovering, I was on a bunch of medications. I was getting injections, surgery, a lot of these type of things. I was not feeling great and was just like looking for an alternative. While I was in, I wasn't able to use THC products like cannabis products. And I had never really tried CBD, but I was very familiar with cannabis. <laughs> and so I was like, this is a thing that I could probably do while I was in. The rules on that have since changed somewhat, but that was my initial foray into it. And I, what I started noticing was it was helping me sleep better. It was helping me manage like my anxiety and my stress mm -hmm. about this. And I didn't have, there are certain medications I was taking that like my vision would go kind of blurry. I, like my depth perception was wrong. Right. So there's just these little things that you're like, I mean, I guess it's helping in one way, but like it's also costing me in another way. So I tried CBD and was like, this is awesome. I'm definitely getting some relief from it. In addition to other things that I'm doing, surfing, yoga, I'm like, okay, there's a lot yeah. of things here. It's, there's no silver bullet. But what I discovered was even though CBD is awesome, it's still like a supplement. Like it sits in my cabinet with my vitamin D and my, you know, magnesium and some other stuff that I take 40% of the time because I don't look at it every day yeah. and it's not like top of my mind. There's also nothing particularly like, aspirational about when you take supplements. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're kind of just looking for the minimum price that is the most effective, you know, that balance. There's nothing like fun or interesting about it. So my idea was how do I incorporate this into something that I'm already kind of doing throughout the day? I need no reminder to drink coffee, make my coffee. It's something I, I look forward to very much. <laughs> so I was like, there's your kind of ideas. Like, how do you make this a little bit more convenient? That was kind of where it began. And to an extent, it is still a core part of our value prop. But I think it has evolved to mean something even more. So beyond just the added convenience, what I started noticing was from users. So we make a minimal viable product. I'm starting to get it out to friends. I start making some sales. This is maybe a year or two into the business. And I'm now I'm getting feedback. And I'm thinking my market is CBD users, like people who are, this is what they're doing. But what I'm discovering is it's starting to have beneficial effects on people who don't take CBD, maybe didn't know that's what they wanted. Sure. But they're like, I can actually drink this coffee and I don't feel like I'm like tweaking. Like my body is relaxed, but my mind is awake. I can sit there a little bit, you know, easier to focus. I'm not so fidgety. I don't have that anxiety response that the caffeine creates. And so I actually think this might be a bigger use case than just like, oh, added convenience to taking your CBD. So that was kind of like how we initially came up with that product. For sure. No, I love that concept as well. I liked, I saw your video before we came on to chat about kind of trying mm -hmm. to find a way to essentially put it into something mm -hmm. you did on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's something that I give advice on when it comes to habit building, right? It's like finding something you're already doing and then tagging something onto that. And the thing with sure. the coffee side of things, it's not only something you already do, it's something you genuinely enjoy on a regular basis as well. But also with the coffee, there is that knock-on effect. I think most of us who are kind of keen coffee drinkers, we kind of know the impact that can have if we have three or four, or if we drink it in the afternoon and the impact of the caffeine, yet we still take that hit because of you know many different reasons, right? Whether it be 
habit, right. whether it be, you know, familiarity or just trying to get through the rest of our days and stuff like that. So it's amazing that you were able to not only find something that was really valuable because it was mixed into what you wanted to do, but it was also something that was able to minimize the impact that caffeinated coffee traditionally has as well. Can you give us some other benefits of having CBD infused in coffee compared to just having a traditional caffeinated coffee? Yeah, absolutely. One of the kind of, and as I maybe mentioned, I don't know if we were recording yet, but where we've kind of even expanded beyond that mm -hmm. is, okay, so CBD and coffee, yes, there are benefits to this. There are, there are some features, but at the end of the day, like, what are you doing when you drink coffee? What is the point of drinking coffee or any of these daily rituals that you go through? You do them because you believe that it's going to make you a better version of you for that day. Sure. So, you know, you want to wake up definitely like that's uh, one of the reasons you drink coffee. But why do you want to wake up? It's because you want to be sharp when you're getting dressed. You don't want to come with no socks on or you want to make sure that you didn't forget your kid's lunch when you drop them off. And when you get to the office that you're not like lagging, like, oh, my brain's not turned on yet. Uh -huh, so yep. coffee wakes you up, but it's also, you're trying to be a better version of yourself that morning and that's why you're taking it. So we've since expanded beyond just CBD into a whole bunch of different adaptogens, which I can kind of explain in a bit. But the point of this and, and these adaptogens include medicinal mushrooms like reishi, chaga, lion's mane. These adaptogens have a whole host of different benefits. And by incorporating it into coffee in the middle of the day, you're getting better cognition, more memory support no crash in the middle of the day. You're not having such a exhaustive stress response, which allows you to fall asleep a little bit easier. If you fall asleep easier, you don't feel as tired the next day. We create these feedback loops with some of the side effects caused. So why do we put adaptogens in general now into coffee and other things that we're already doing during the day? is be so that we can maximize the benefit of those rituals and mitigate the harms and sort of the cost because there's no free lunch, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And if you were to create the best kind of adaptogen blend for a day, combining, you know, CBD, all these different sizes of mushrooms and other different things that you're integrating in, what's kind of the perfect ratio and blend starting from your morning coffee to your evening wind-down routine? Sure. So I, this might be a good time to tell you a little bit about what adaptogens are and some of the specifics yeah, and then how they it. benefit. And then that could lead into what you would maybe want to use when. So adaptogens are herbs and plants that reverse or reduce damage caused by stress. So they regulate in your body what's called the HPA axis, which is your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And what that does is it's in charge of your stress response and cortisol production. Mm -hmm. So it's like your fight or flight. There are around 70 known adaptogens. I mean, some that you've probably heard of, you know, ginkgo balboa, ashwagandha, CBD. These are, there's a whole bunch of them. Some of the ones that are very popular right now and that we use in our coffees and in some mushroom powder stuff that we uh, sell are reishi mushroom 
which has been used in Chinese medicine for over a thousand years. It's this kidney-shaped mushroom. Um, they call it the mushroom of immortality because of its uh, believed ability to reverse the aging process. Mm -hmm. um, what we do know about it is that it calms down your nervous system, which allows you to sleep better. It also increases your white blood cell count, which improves your immunity. Caffeine, on the other hand, is a CNS stimulant, so it stimulates adrenaline production, raises your blood pressure, causes that stress response, okay. but it's not all bad. It's also, you'll hear a lot of these scary kind of like, caffeine's bad, this is what it does, you know, from companies that are selling coffee substitutes, and they're not totally wrong. But caffeine's also a known nootropic. In fact, it's the most widely consumed nootropic on Earth. It's been used for hundreds of years. And nootropics are substances that have a positive impact on mental skills such as focus, memory, cognition, learning, creativity. And, you know, 60% of Americans still enjoy coffee. So it's not about trying to, like, in my opinion, I love coffee. I'm not trying to change that. I'm just trying to make it a little bit better. Reishi, for example, in coffee, and we, we use like a 14 mushroom blend for this, but you can already see, well, if the reishi is calming your nervous system down and caffeine is stimulating your nervous system upward, you're mitigating that adrenal response, sure. but still getting the nootropic benefits. Lion's mane, this is another really popular one for cognition. It's pretty trippy looking. It's like this white, looks like something you'd find in the ocean or from outer space looks like the mane of a lion and it's been shown to induce neurogenesis so which is like brain cell regrowth nerve regrowth i remember growing up my mom used to tell me like make sure you wear a helmet like don't hit your head you know, your brain cells won't grow back or maybe you know somebody who has nerve damage in their hand and they've lost sensation and it, it just isn't coming back so what this mushroom has proven that nerve and brain cells can regenerate, which is hugely beneficial for people with traumatic brain injuries, nerve yeah. damage, Alzheimer's, dementia. So, you know, you're drinking coffee every day. Now you're improving your cognition, focus, memory, but you're also reducing your risk of certain other aging and cognitive decline. CBD is also uh, like known as hemp extract. Its actual name is cannabidiol. It's just one of the compounds found in the cannabis plant. It's non-psychoactive. And what it does is it helps modulate your endocannabinoid system, which is also known as your ECS system. Similar to the HPA access, it's responsible for our mood and stress regulation, appetite, sleep, and your body actually produces endogenous cannabinoids, which help regulate the ECS system through things like exercise. And that's mm. why like running can have a euphoric feeling and it can also relieve stress. So your body wants to feel this way. So these are just some of the things, like I said, we do, like in our matcha, for example, it's very heavy in lion's mane. So it's a nice, clean feeling energy, you know, no crash. That's what a lot of the purported benefits of matcha are in general. Yep. And then mixing in this nootropic, you kind of understand. And largely for the coffee stuff, I like having our blends that we use. It's There's 14 mushrooms in there, so it's a whole host of stuff, but it's primarily like two of the big ones are lion's mane for cognition and reishi and chaga and cordyceps which help down regulate like your stress response lowers your blood pressure helps with your sleep support 
So it's just so you don't feel wired and then you get that crash, but you still can't sleep. Mm -hmm. So that those are some of the ones that we use for those products. Yeah, it's a myriad of benefits. And I like that it's kind of counteracting against the maybe more negative side of the coffee, for example, like especially with the time today that people use them. I think that's probably the more challenging aspect, right? First thing in the morning, but the cortisol is already high. The last thing you want is another thing that's going to kind of spike that upwards and kind of act as a stimulant. And same goes for the evening time as well. Someone's going to have an afternoon coffee, understanding that caffeine has a pretty decent half-life as well. It's just not going to be super beneficial. So to have something that's kind of neutralizing the downsides of coffee to, like you said, make it more of a clean energy and something that really does allow us to extract all the benefits with, like you said, mitigating and minimizing the downsides. I think it's yeah, almost the perfect combination. So run us through the perfect cocktail in a day now that we know the benefits of all those different types of things. Yeah. So what I would do is, and I guess what I do do, it would be <laughs> in the morning, I'll make either a mushroom or a CBD coffee, just depending on what I have, um, like infused and brewed for myself. Both are good. I feel like the CBD helps more like if you're already feeling a little like stressed in the morning or something like that uh -huh. you're just like one of those days that i would probably lean on like a cbd coffee because it helps modulate the stress if it's one of those days where it's like i got a lot of work to do and coffee may not just be cutting it you know then i would opt for a mushroom blend which is going to give you a little bit more of like your cognitive support gotcha but to your point also exactly about caffeine having such a long half-life I'll work late sometimes. It'll I'll be infusing or I'll do something. It'll be six or seven p.m. out. You know, I'm like I have another couple hours of stuff, but I'm not trying to be at eleven p.m. like you know, laser Wires. eyes yeah. wired. So I might go with something like a CBD black tea in the middle of the day, where you're getting some caffeine, but it's not as high in caffeine content as. Coffee, the coffee right? yeah then let's say i go exercise or like maybe in the middle of the day i'll go to the gym right now i am kind of dealing with some like neck and trap type stuff my muscles will relax a little bit i can get some blood flow to that area decrease inflammation because you know that way you're not like at the desk i'll be sitting here like trying to stretch my neck now we go throw that in there all right, I'm feeling kind of good. I'll have a beverage that maybe is lower in caffeine. And then like, okay, it's nighttime now, getting ready for bed, trying to like wind down rather than have a nightcap glass of wine or smoke some weed or something like that, which yeah, it's going to help you kind of take that edge off, Definitely. but it has these other effects again that make your sleep worse and, and whatnot. I would opt for like our chamomile CBD tea blend, which is really nice to kind of help you get to sleep. Or um, one of these mushroom powders that we're in the design process for the labels, but we're getting ready to launch them. It's like a powdered mushroom drink, heat up some water or milk, kind of mix it in there. And it's a lot of like sleep support mushrooms and other natural organic ingredients that are designed to kind of like help you fall asleep. So that would kind of be like there's a different product at different stages of your day. And why we wanted to be like coffee, not everyone drinks coffee or, you know, whatever the case is. But it's not just about the coffee. It's about what are your daily rituals and why are you doing them? Sure. And how do you get more benefit out of that ritual by adding natural supplements? For sure. Now, that definitely makes a lot of sense. So essentially, we're going down the route of mushrooms if we want a little bit more focus and if we want a little bit more calm to manage the 
stresses of the day, we go down the route of the CBD to get started. And then it's just looking at the different pick-me-ups depending on what we need. And then obviously the natural wind down as well. What I like as well is that it's not necessarily saying, okay, I'm going to throw this coffee in, I'm going to throw this tea in. Like it's kind of just a replacement for the things that we're already doing. We're either grabbing the coffee uh, you know, later in the afternoon, or we're grabbing that wine later in the light, as you said. So it's just a case of like making a smarter choice that doesn't have so many of the knock-on negative effects that then puts you into that kind of vicious circle as well. And something that you have mentioned, I know this will be on my listener's mind as well, is that when you talk about your initial idea of like, okay, this might be just for the CBD world, it's not going to be hard to sell them on mushrooms and CBD infused products. But when you come back to the coffee drinking world and you say something like cannabis or medicinal mushrooms, people's caution signs go up. They're not completely educated. And you mentioned, of course, that there's no psychoactive ingredients or anything like that. But can you speak on that a little bit more of why these aren't the same as taking full-on psychedelics or smoking weed, for example, and why it's different? Totally. Yeah, I think, you know, one of my biggest challenges has been that educational piece because there's people conflate these things and it's understandable i mean unless you are in the deep end like i am in this and you're okay you really kind of suss it out and then you get it but i'm trying to access like i said i'm trying to access people that have no knowledge in this and this might be the first thing so when you tell them a cannabis thing they're like oh like weed or you say mushrooms are like oh like magic mushrooms uh-huh. you know so it's a very common thing or like, is this legal is this you know am i going to be all tripping out or like high or something from this so it's, it's a very common questions that i get so totally understandable and thank you for asking i'd say we can start with the mushrooms for example yeah so that's a pretty common question but just a little background on psychedelic mushrooms versus like functional or medicinal mushrooms was there's evidence that humans have been using psychedelic mushrooms dating back well over 6,000 years for spiritual and ceremonial practices. And there's other entheogens that have been part for the human experience for basically all of human history and probably long before that as well. But the primary difference in a mushroom species like Amanita muscaria versus any of the non-psychedelic ones that I mentioned above, like lion's mane, cordyceps, is the lack of a psychedelic compound called psilocybin. So psilocybin is what makes you trip. It works on your serotonin receptors, which is actually why it can be very therapeutic for those on end-of-life care, people processing trauma like veterans with PTSD, depression, breaking addictions. One thing that's kind of cool about psychedelic mushrooms and psilocybin is there's this common phrase in neurology called saying, if neurons that fire together, wire together. And that's the concept of habits. Essentially, the more times you do something, the better you're going to get at doing it, the easier. It's why when you're learning how to drive, it's like, oh my God, how does anyone do this? And then you've been driving for 15 years and you're like eating a Big Mac and, you know, on the phone and you're just like, it's second nature to you. Yeah. So what these have shown to be able to do and why it's beneficial for breaking addictions and PTSD is it helps literally rewire your brain. And if you think about these neural pathways as like, actual pathways, the more you walk down them, the more trodden they get and the more clear of a pathway it is. If you come and wipe all that clean or you no one walks in it for a hundred years and now all the grass is growing back up, you don't have these same habits. 
So there's fortunately there's a lot of legislation moving through the government right now, granting access to funding as well as just the ability to study these compounds and their ability to treat psychiatric conditions. However, psychedelic mushrooms are federally illegal in the United States. Some states have decriminalized them. California is in the process of doing so. Oregon has decriminalized them. Colorado. It's a very bright landscape, I think, for the future of psychedelic mushrooms. But in the meantime, you know, you can't sell them. They're illegal to use and to put into stuff. But functional mushrooms, on the other hand, are non-psychedelic. They don't create any sort of that cognitive, like, uh, psychotropic effects. They're federally legal. They're legal in all 50 states. And getting past the obstacle is something I've, I'm always trying to work on. Yep. And one thing that I have found that people kind of resonate with is they run the same risk profile, functional mushrooms, as shiitake mushrooms which are actually a uh, functional mushroom as well. But, you know, it, it'd be like when people are like, if I told you that this was shiitake mushroom coffee, you might be concerned that it's going to taste like crap, but you're not concerned that it's going to no, make you... No, you see it in a supermarket, right? Yeah, it's something you'd see in a supermarket, exactly. So from a risk profile, we're talking as, as safe as shiitake mushrooms. But yeah, so and then the different benefits that I mentioned previously... In regard to CBD and THC, THC is the psychoactive compound in cannabis that's responsible for the high effect. It's also federally legal, although it is recreationally legal in like 30 plus states. But all of our CBD products are derived from industrial hemp, which means they have less than 0.3% THC. And what that allows is it makes it federally legal. It falls under the 2018 Farm Bill and is um, not breaking any law in any state or nationally. You can ship across state lines. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much the primary difference between those. Gotcha. So I'm just essentially settling people's ideas that it's anything related to those things. And also it's completely legal as well. And I think that, as you mentioned, it's just kind of opening up that world to just say, well, Maybe if you see it in the same levels, like you said, a shiitake mushroom, that really takes the edge off it and thinking there is anything close to that as well. And obviously trusting your sources as well, because of not every single company is maybe going to live with such ethics as well. And that does bring me on to a question. Where do you source these mushrooms and the hemp as well? Where do you go about finding the best quality to put in your products? And also, yeah, where does one even do that? Definitely. So I'll tell you where we source, then I'll tell you just sort of the broader landscape. So we, mm -hmm. we source the hemp itself comes from an organic farm in Oregon. All the mushrooms come from organic farm up in Oregon. The CBD oil is processed here in San Diego. And that's where my vendor for the CBD is and my vendor for all my mushroom stuff and my teas is up in Oregon. And we get our products third-party lab tested so that yep. you know we can verify its potency and all that but i agree i believe that quality doesn't go out of style and as long as you can sleep at night knowing that you're trying to source like the highest quality products uh -huh. it's hard to certify my products as organic because of your mixing stuff and then each stage needs to be certified but all of our organic our products are using certified organic ingredients. But then in terms of the larger landscape in general, San Diego and Southern California is actually a big area for growing CBD. Okay. The Emerald Triangle, 
which is up in like Northern California, Southern Oregon. That's huge for THC and commercial cannabis. And Oregon, Colorado, and California, those three states in general, are like the beating heart of American production for cannabis and functional medicinal mushrooms. So it's really cool, in my opinion, to think that like from seed to sale, these are American products and And American farmers. And like, I love that America could be a major producer and like what France is to wine or what like Northern California is to wine. Yeah. Like if these states could also be that to adaptogens and these functional plants, I think it's a really cool, like powerful force that America have. It's a statement. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I like that. But to clarify as well, I think I, you've obviously mentioned the CBD and the mushrooms, but the beans are Mexican, if I'm not mistaken, right? Sure. So the beans, we actually, they come from kind of all over. All over. That's one thing that, yeah, I don't know will change anytime soon or is even necessarily what anyone wants to change because getting it, I mean, I've always loved coffee. I mean, nicotine and caffeine is like what the America's military runs on basically. So I was not a coffee snob, but I, I was very, but it wasn't until I got into the industry that I really followed the supply chain of coffee production. Yeah. And it is an incredible process because of, so yes, it's, it's grown in a variety of different places. Our Scorpion Bay coffee is from Mexico. We also have our Cape Fear, which is an Ethiopian blend mm-hmm. with a Guatemala bean. So it's Ethiopian and Guatemala. So two like disparate parts of the world with different soils, different climates, different varietals and species, different roast profiles, combine them and it creates something new. Our Punta Roca is a South American blend. But what's so impressive, I think, about the coffee process is they grow these plants and a lot of them have to be hand picked. You can't just take a thresher and get all the berries because they ripen at different times. So you have some berries that are ripe and some, so you have a human being coming and picking the berries. Then they dry them out on a tray or they'll use pressurized water and blast the cherry, which is Uh essentially, so a coffee bean is actually just the seed of a coffee cherry and, or they'll do like, they'll let it partly desiccate and then they'll wash it off, which is all the honey process. So there's a whole lot of different techniques that are used. And this is still talking about green beans, not even roasted beans yet. (laughs) Then they make their way through a coffee broker onto a ship. They get into one of the ports, you know, in LA or wherever. And then there's people that are brokers that send out mass quantities of green beans to a coffee roaster. Now a coffee roaster is somebody whose craft is knowing exactly how long and at what temperature you let these little green coffee seeds tumble around in there. And then that determines what profile. And then, okay, we we want this Ethiopian at a full city and we want the Guatemalan at, you know, a French roast. So we're going to put it together. So it's a whole like a sommelier-esque world of identifying flavors and notes. 
And then let's say it's at a coffee shop where they're making espresso. Now you have another person in this supply chain who knows exactly how long to pull it. They can make a little, you know, maple leaf out of steamed milk onto there. There's whole competitions for it. So there's so many stages along that supply chain of people who are incredibly passionate about this one particular thing. And it's just a staple in 60% of Americans that don't fully, I mean, myself included until prior, you have no idea how much effort went into this brown water that you drink for a couple bucks every morning. Yeah. So it's it, pretty cool. It's cool. And it's a wild process as well. It's like a whole different language. And like you said, when you think of it all the way to bean to your mouth, it's an insane process as well. So yeah, it's interesting that you've done your research on that. And now I'm very curious when I talk to a lot of people, what's come to my mind in this conversation today is there's this whole movement with many people I speak to of like alternative health treatments in the sense that people are trying to move away from pharmaceuticals. They're trying to move towards different alternative medicine, functional medicine, whatever you want to call that, and a more personalized approach to healthcare. And it sounds very similar in terms of what you're doing, but just maybe with a coffee drinking world and alternative treatments to, again, pharmaceuticals as well. It's not necessarily saying, okay, go replace your medicine for this tomorrow, but it's saying, okay, well, try something different and see how it works. And I'm curious to hear your take on how long you think it will be until this mm -hmm. starts to become something that's a little bit more commonly known. I imagine that's part of your mission. Like right now, I can go into your store and I can order a couple of bags of coffee, but how far off do you see Windows being, you know, a coffee shop or something that you see around the world? Like I did some research before and there's 35.7 thousand Starbucks globally, right? Which is insane. And I think there's like on average around 1 billion coffee drinkers as well. So talking at that level of where coffee is right now and just taking that core product that you have, where do you feel that you would like to be maybe in your lifetime or what you do with wind and sea in terms of like trying to shift the ratio in a way that supports people using more functional sources of coffee versus the traditional caffeinated source? Definitely. So I think queuing into a couple of things that you said there, one of the things, because there, I mean, I was a medic, like I'm for Western medicine, like, you know, thank God for doctors and hospitals <laughs> and advances in medical technology. Like I'm not, you know, it's all bad and everyone just needs to throw some dirt on it and eat CBD and go on okay. with their lives. But I do think that our healthcare system in America is more of a disease care system. Uh -huh. We're kind of a little late to the party and it's only after we've determined that, yeah, like, yeah, you're real sick. Well, now we'll start dealing with this. So I think what is starting to happen largely with, you know, my, I'm a millennial and kind of like millennials and younger is there is a movement to just try getting out ahead of it. Be a little bit more proactive about your yeah, health for sure. and make some of those better choices so that when by the time you are old and your body's kind of starting to fail anyway, you will have kind of set yourself up for success so that you're not like completely screwed at the end of you know your years. So I think the shift culturally and just like generationally is happening to be like, hey, like we should pay attention to these things. We know that there are so many toxins, contaminants in our environment. It's screwing with people's hormones. It's having like very real effects in the world. And mm -hmm. so people are starting to be aware of this in a way that they were not aware of, you know, in our parents' generation. Yeah. So I think that's uh, largely powerful. 
Now, in terms of where does that shift start happening to where you're the minority to the majority and how does wind and sea kind of like fit into this mix? I think what I need or the industry needs are big, serious players to take it seriously and to mm-hmm. help legitimize it. Because, I mean, I believe it is totally possible to have a big, successful company achieving all of my financial goals and all of the goals that I have, like for my mission and whatnot, and just like live a totally cool, fulfilled life without Starbucks coming and acquiring the business. But I think if you want to see it actually like this to be super normalized, you need widespread adoption by a big chain like that, like a big franchise that can just come and normalize it. Uh So I I think you need corporate partners and people that already have that like ubiquitous reach to be like, yeah, this is okay and we approve. Yeah, accessibility is always going to be the biggest thing. When I hear about personalized healthcare and what you're mentioning as well, it's like if people can only get their hands on it in certain places and it still does feel very esoteric and only for a certain set of people, it is going to put people off we live in a generation where yeah. we are kind of contradicted because of like you said millennials and maybe gen z are starting to think about okay i want to make sure that my health is taken care of but we also live in that generation where we want things immediately as well because if everything is so accessible <laughs> so it's kind of like that totally. of, yeah it's just that yeah conflict between interests but i think that accessibility piece is a huge one and do you have plans to expand outside of the u.s eventually i would love to i think some of Part part of the impetus behind getting into the functional mushroom space, which I've been a fan of and have used other products, you know, like mushroom cream, creamers. Uh, you may know the company Four Sigmatic. They're uh, an OG in the space. Like, I mean, Tim Ferriss was writing about them in like the early 2000s. So it's been existing for a while. But part of my push to kind of get into it has been it doesn't quite have the same headwinds that CBD does and especially on an international basis. Yep. So CBD, I mean because of cannabis laws writ large around the world, a lot of countries, you know, the US in some ways is forward thinking in that they even can distinguish there's a difference and this is an industrial hemp product and that's a commercial cannabis product, Uh you know, and it's still a whole lot of conflation and it's a pain in the butt sometimes, you know, to operate, but that's pretty forward thinking compared to other countries in the world. The mushroom side of things though, I think it does not face the same sort of regulatory challenges yeah and for that reason i really do think that there is the ability to expand beyond borders i think on an operational basis the next challenge is making it cost effective because i would love to you know you're in the uk right i'm currently in chile but i'm from the uk yeah okay 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 (laughs) gotcha see i mean if i wanted to you know ship you a bag thanks for the interview i really appreciate it it would not be cost effective, if even possible, to get it to you in gotcha. Chile. So until, you know, as a digitally native brand and we're, you know, an e-commerce platform, being able to get your product across the world is kind of one of the challenges right now. But I would love for, I think the way of maybe doing it is you find, you know, if Ellie, if you wanted to, you're like, Jordan, that's such a great idea. I want to be the franchisee of it here in Chile. And I wanted to kind of 
source things there and kind of do it domestically. I think that's potentially an option yeah. to where it has like a distributed network of affiliates that are all kind of rowing in the same direction. That could be a possibility. And personally, my exit strategy or what I would love at some point is for a big player, a beverage company that's like, we like what you're doing. We love the brand, the mission, the customers, everything that mm -hmm. you have done. Let us take over from here and we can achieve exit. these. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was, I mean, obviously it'd be amazing if that were to happen, but it would also accelerate that transition towards these healthier options for the world. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Because the only other one I can think of, and I don't think it has as much mm -hmm. roots in science or practicality or even benefits as well, is bulletproof coffee. It's like you can sometimes sure. see that sure. like in and around some areas, but it's still not like making any major moves. It's like you might go into a coffee shop and you might see it on the menu, but it's still going to surprise you and not really many people know what it is. So like you said, it needs that big player or maybe it needs to make enough noise nationally and then be able to expand even further as well. So yeah, it's interesting to see where that could go, but I think it has a lot of potential. Whereas when it comes to like personalized healthcare, because you've got to mm -hmm. then, you know, take someone's individual blood work and you've got to give them an individual dose of X, Y, or Z, I can see that being a little longer, but when it comes to products like this, I see it as a more practical option as well. And one question I have to ask you before we do wrap up today is the taste. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. a product like Forskmatic and I have to give them a little bit of grace because I think I tried their products. Like, yeah, I heard of yeah them on podcasts with Tim Ferriss and Shorts Stevenson. So I was like, okay, I was able to source some sachets. And I had one maybe like 2018 or 2019 and it was gross. I was like, I can't, I don't, I don't want to finish this. Like I would, I'm drinking this because I know what it should be doing for me, but this is not something I'm going to have on a regular basis. And it's absolutely never going to replace my coffee. I look at your products, right. they look delicious. And I'm curious to hear about how you make sure that the taste doesn't taste as terrible. It's sorry for schematic, Definitely. but yeah, how, as bad as they did. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I, I mean, I'm the same way, man. Like, I, I'm just a realist. Like, you can convince me of benefits for so long and I, I'm down. But if I'm constantly, like, holding my nose, this is good for uh -huh. me, this is good for me, you know, are you really going to do it? You know, I don't need it if I'm eating a piece of cake. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you don't need it's any real motivation easy. For that. Yeah. Don't need any motivation. It just goes down. You know, even uh, Mudwater, which I think is a great company. They're an inspiration in a lot of ways. And I've tried their product. It's a coffee replacement. There's no coffee in it. It's a bunch of different like spices and herbs and whatever. Uh -huh. It comes in a powder. They give you like a little whisk thing. And a, it's like five steps and you got to do it. And then you got to sweeten it because it doesn't taste very good. Unsweetened. And the cup initially when I was using it, I stuck in the blender thing and it went like and shot out all the liquid, oh, like wow. boiling hot liquid on the counter. And I was like, dude, this is not what I was like. I'm awake. I'm awake now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I signed up for though. <laughs> but not what I signed up for. And it was one of those things where it's like, if I'm having to like psych myself up to do this every day, I'm not going to do it. So the main thing for me now, if you're like a super hardcore coffee snob, like you are only buying specialty rated 96 or above coffee, this would be probably a bastardization of what a purist would consider to be like, why would you mess with anything that's, you know, so great? But where we kind of sit is like, this is for coffee lovers, not coffee snobs, coffee lovers, people who are like, I appreciate, I know what good and bad coffee is. I like certain types of roast. I'm familiar with different origins and I have an idea for what I like, 
but I'm on board with maybe these other aspects to it. So essentially with our like CBD coffee, the reason why it's doesn't taste like CBD is because the distillate extract is in an MCT oil. So uh. it's just like a coconut based carrier oil. If you taste the oil by itself, it has a slight cannabis flavor, but it, in the grand scheme of your coffee, A, it doesn't separate, which is nice, which is what would happen if you just put oil, in. oil yeah. onto your coffee. It would sit on the top. This one doesn't separate because it's actually infused to the natural oils within the coffee bean. And then within our mushroom coffee, another distinguisher of our mushroom coffee is we have whole bean mushroom coffee. A lot of mushroom coffees are ground because the mushroom extracts are like dried, pulverized. Uh Aha. Yeah, that makes sense. Mushrooms, you know. So what's nice is this is a glycerin distillate. So it is a liquid. It's triple extracted. It's a blend of 14 mushrooms. And so that triple extraction makes the cell walls super thin, which allows you to get a lot of bioavailability, maximize the benefit out of there. And it sits in your coffee in a whole bean. So you can grind your beans fresh and then brew it. So, I mean, anyone that is somewhat like, you know, not drinking Folgers, they would know that if you grind your coffee and let it sit there for two weeks it's going to have a little bit more of a stale kind of flat Uh taste whereas if you grind it right before you brew it it's going to be very like coffee forward and the mushroom extract itself is like virtually flavorless it has like a very very small flavor so it's just the coffee does the heavy lifting there and it doesn't ruin your day and like four sigmatic uses instant coffee so i have not had ever had an instant coffee maybe in an mre like the little food bags you get out in the field in the military like they have little instant coffees you know? that's basically what Florida Semantic is using probably a better version of it but uh-huh. that's why it tastes so bad in my, in my opinion <laughs> that was kind of the like you know I'm not going to do this if I A I have to remember and B I have to slug it back so yeah for sure that was the motivation that's a relief to hear and I think that when it comes to getting things to stick and getting people to do things long term it has to be better or just as good as what they're already doing. And if it's not, like you said, it's not going to last. You can do it for so long. It's like if Mm. I'm drinking a greens powder and I know, okay, like I said, this is good for me. This is good for me. I hold my nose back. It's like, okay, I can do this for a moment. But if I'm replacing something as like pleasurable as coffee is, it's like it needs to be up there. And that's where like the Plasmatic, I didn't even last past a few sips. So I'm glad to hear that as well. But Jordan, (laughs) this has been a really insightful conversation. I think that your products are great. I think you've got a lot of potential as well. So I look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the future as well. I will wrap up with a couple of questions. And the first is what impact do you want to have on the world with the work that you do, buddy? I want to educate and empower and be an advocate for holistic health for veterans specifically, but just anyone that is health conscious and looking to improve their daily routines. Amazing. And where is the best place for people to find you if they want to keep up with the work that you're doing, if they want to grab some coffee or any of the other products that you offer? Yeah, the best place to find a little bit more about us as well as the products is our website. It's windandseacoffee.com, W-I-N-D-A-N-S-E-A coffee.com. Or on my Instagram, which is just Wind and Sea Coffee, is my handle. Shoot me a message, you know, tell me that you heard me on Simply Fit. And, uh, you know, I'd love to just podcasts have been so wonderful of really engaging with people and making an impact on, like, hey, I heard you this 
really affected me, made me think of this. And so please reach out to me. I'd love to hook it up for anyone that does. Yeah. Thank you so much, Elliot. I really appreciate the opportunity. Amazing, man. We'll make sure that all of that is in the show notes below, but it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And yeah, we'll keep in touch and see what you do. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, brother. Later. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.